think it was not just first year it was the first half of my 14 years was just about figuring out how to sustain yourself in the system because i saw like european athletes are some of the best athletes in the world so how do they cope with all these stress and pains how do they cope with the financial battle how do they cope with understanding uh, the sport itself so i landed in copenhagen i was aware of a couple of ice skating clubs locally scandinavia uh, i reached out to them like hey i'm from india i want to pursue ice skating uh, can you help me they're like yeah sure why not ironically enough the ice skating club in copenhagen is run by a dutch guy so he kind of just literally like welcome me over give me the club keys of the club how like you see there another skate go on and i like yeah but i don't know anything like oh, okay i teach you so he taught me how to sharpen the blade and yeah that's it that's how i started high speed skating is the career up for discussion on today's podcast Our guest today has gone on to set world records and put India on the map for ice skating. He currently trains as an elite athlete in the Netherlands. With over 65 other national records, he surely has proven himself as a master of the sport. Speed skating as a sport does not see much participation in India, but his achievements have helped bring some more awareness across the country. In today's podcast, we not only discuss his journey, but also talk about his advice for young athletes out there. ways in which they can train also ways in which they can find their coaches it is my pleasure to introduce vishwaraj jadeja on today's podcast and discuss with him the journey of his job so let's hit that subscribe button and the post notification bell and get started with our first ever podcast on career in sports Hey Vishwaraj welcome on to the career show thank you so much for taking the time out and being with us today from the Netherlands so excited to have you on the show thank you so much for having me uh, it's uh, when you guys reached out to me earlier i was a bit like well are you sure you want career advice from a college dropout who has uh, been you know toiling away for the most of his life you know so i think uh, i'm curious about your questions and uh, i hope uh, your listeners are able to take something away from this conversation Well, I'm super excited to talk to how your journey transitioned from being a college dropout to becoming such a famous ice skater for India. So, let's get started off by talking about the fact that you are from a part of India that's that is Ahmedabad where there is no ice, there is no snow. How did your passion for ice skating come along? I, I think sports in general. I I come from a third generation of uh, athletes in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh so my grandfather used to play hockey for the university team then my father and my aunt uh used to be on the national top for roller skating in india and national champions at some point and then uh, my one of my aunts she represented india in 1983 at the world championship for figure skating roller figure skating uh, so i think picking up sports was normal picking up serious sports was even more normal but i the the, the, the benchmark set by my previous generation in the house the family who are high enough uh, to make sure that if, if i took up a sport it was uh, serious enough and my goals were high enough and justifiable also to pursue them so uh, the idea like eventually i started doing roller skating seriously roller speed skating seriously and then in line speed skating seriously uh, national national gold state champion for a couple of years five six years in a row participated at the nationals so i think at some point i found out that hey I'm going to dedicate so much time uh, of my life towards the sport 
it might might as well be for an for an Olympic sport. And roller skating is not in the Olympics in that sense. Like roller skating, speed skating is not in the uh, Olympic charter yet. Uh, and when you dedicate ten years or more to a sport, you want to represent it, uh, represent the sport and your country at the highest mm-hmm. level of uh, for sports, and that is the Olympics, obviously. And uh, so the one of the most closest sports I thought was uh, long track ice skating mm-hmm. or long track speed skating. And that's it. That that's where my heart was set on, and uh, then the pursuit began. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that transition from roller skating to ice skating is simply amazing. The transition, obviously, it looks very similar, but it is very different because on uh, in line eight you have those wheels, so there's like three to four contacts to the ground. So then, when you push, you can cheat a little bit with the pressure on your feet. Mm-hmm. But on ice skates, only one point of contact, which is your blade. So you have to be more precise, and it's more technical. You you have to optimize your power to weight ratio, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Uh, long track ice skating is one of the more elite sports in the world. Uh, elite sports, when I say it, one of the most hardest sports to qualify for. Forget the medals, just to qualify for uh, for the Winter Olympics. In general, because it was a part of the first Olympic Winter Olympics which was ever uh, organized, it is just mm-hmm. like the hundred meter run, which is very difficult to qualify for, also for the finals, uh, mm-hmm. because hundred meters also was in part of the first traditionally the first Olympics ever mm-hmm. done. So, yeah. super interesting. You just mentioned a lot about Olympics, right? You want to represent your country. I mean, every sport athlete wants to do that. When did this dream of of participating in the Olympics come to you? Do you remember that first instance? I mean, Olympics always was a mythical place, you know. Uh, for me, I grew up in the nineties. I'm thirty five now, so we didn't have any phone, uh, any internet at the time. So we just look at all these newspaper articles about the Olympics happening, and I ask my father like, "Hey, how do you go there?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's one of those things that you work hard enough, you can make it." And there was, I, as I said, like for sports questions, every time I had them for my parents, there was never a doubt that they never, uh, it, it, in that sense, like they never discouraged me. But also the fact that they didn't, and they were very neutral about it. Like these are the facts, you know. But education also is a fact, you know. So it was all a fact, factual matter of life. They were not discouraging me or encouraging me for uh, sports or education. It was just a matter of fact. Like okay, if you study, you will do this. If you uh, do sports, you will do this. Mm-hmm. What do you want to choose? You know. Everything is going to be difficult, and everything might kill you. So you decide in that sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think Leander Pace, when he won that medal at the Atlanta Olympics '96, mm-hmm. uh, it was plastered all over the news uh, papers. And that was the first time I saw something else but cricket in the news, mm-hmm. on the newspapers at least. Uh, so I was like, ah, okay, this is something interesting. So I guess mm-hmm. it was always always there when you see your fellow countrymen. Doing these things, like you know, achieving these great feats, uh, and I think obviously Olympics is the Olympics is the final frontier. It is the greatest frontier for sports, and that is why I was like, all right, let's let's do that. Let's do that. You mentioned your parents were neither encouraging you, neither discouraging you. You mentioned yeah. you're a dropout at the start. Paul, do you want to take us through that entire journey from from being in engineering college, transitioning into a dropout? How how was that entire journey for you with your family and with within yourself as well? I was very clear uh, that I want to be an athlete, professional athlete. I want to perform mm-hmm. at the highest level of the sport I do. So 
it required a certain amount of dedication required a certain amount of time and energy you need to put in mm-hmm. so every time you you set a goal you set a dream you need to give it energy you need to give it time right. mm-hmm. uh so which i realized that the our education system the incredible education system we have it was not going to allow me to do that so i just had to be smart about it i was like i'll do enough i'll i'll, I'll make sure that i am able to do enough to get by in the education mm-hmm. system but most of my focus was always on the sport and i did get by you know i did get by i got into the you know i got into engineering college it was not just just get into engineering i had to clear my 12 science but when i cleared my 12 science i also won a gold national gold for holy state in, in, in that year in that year and i come back from nationals in two weeks we have the uh two or four weeks i think we had the the board exam for the 12 science Mm-hmm. and but then we had the earthquake so then in 2003 gujarat we had the earthquake 2002 2003 we had the earthquake so then it was all delayed but uh, <clears throat> yeah so i think uh, that was yeah and then for me education was a means to an end like keep on pursuing mm-hmm. this so that my parent my mom would not like you know get too disappointed in me i was more worried about that like okay if i stop education then my mother will be very disappointed in me that she didn't study mm-hmm. uh so then you know so like education well science engineering all of that happened uh, at some point uh, went on to develop the indian team for inline hockey which is the summer version of ice hockey uh, mm-hmm. went on to the asian championship first time as a vice captain or assistant captain for the indian team and yeah at some point you have to take that call like what are you going to do and my my motivation always was like okay even if i'm studying i need to figure out how to get to the place where the industry actually is or where the sport is actually pursued at a higher level and asian championships and asian games is all the only in asia and world championships and world world i mean you know like everything internationally uh, and when you're talking about uh, becoming a superpower india is a superpower you need to compete with the best you know mm-hmm. you can't just compete with a certain level of people and claim like oh yeah this is what it is like we keep on celebrating mediocrity how will you pursue perfection there was no real thought actually when i stopped uh, studying you know like uh, when i dropped out but at some point i had enough fees uh, gathered enough fees uh, money to pay education fees or pay for my you know pay for the sport and there was not a single iota of a doubt like okay this is what we're going to do education sorry you just said that you were worried that you would disappoint your mother if if your grades were not up to the mark How did you deal with that feeling when you decided to drop out, pack your bags, and go to Netherlands or go to Europe? Because I think that's something that a lot of students my age still feel. They do not want yeah. to disappoint their parents. How do you deal with that? How and how did you do it? I'm very cold in that sense, to be honest. I grew up in the '90s in India, or I grew up in the '90s in Gujarat and Ahmedabad. I had seen enough. I had seen enough of dark times in the city. uh to make me realize that if i want to be something fruitful in my life which is uh, epic and legendary i'll have to make some hard calls and i truly believed in my hopes and dreams and goals and that allowed me to make that decision and make that call and my mom she tells me like sometimes you can be really cold and i'm like yeah i can definitely and leaving your parents is not this easy you know it is difficult leaving your family behind i've not seen my family in a year and a half almost how because of the pandemic i'm afraid that if i go to india the preparation will be hampered because what if there's a lockdown or what if i contract the virus or whatever you know one of the other things you have to be very careful so yeah no i'm very cold in that sense and the thing is i believe very much in what i wanted to do i think the self belief without reason 
you know uh, was something which is very and that's what also my parents my my, my family around me everybody know that okay if he sets his mind to something he cannot be in his way if, if you are in his way then please forget about it yeah so you decided to pack your bags and leave for europe i'm mm. sure that would have been a super hard decision and a super hard transition as well from india how were those yeah. first few days for you going away from home and pursuing ice skating uh so so moving from india to europe you obviously uh, i have an indian passport i'm an indian person so you need a visa wherever you want to be so one of the things i did was i took a uh, admission in a school uh, in a college to support the business science and the course was easy enough but i thought like hey i can pursue this and i still get a degree my mom will be happy and i still be able to perform pursue sport took a student loan because the idea was that parents were like yeah, we can't afford it in the first place and plus even if we could have afforded it we needed here because you know the family is big everybody needs to be looked after uh, so you have to figure it out on your own then you can go i'm like okay no problem took a student loan it was approved it was a process oh, god the process then visa and all of those things happened don't get me wrong like all that happened over the span of 6 months it was not just an mm-hmm. overnight thing that is where your commitment towards your goals hopes and dreams comes into play mm-hmm. like what are you able, how much patience are you able to have keep you know and uh, so my parents also were like it was like a completely nonchalant situation in the household like they knew that i was going up to this but at the same time they were like well you know what if it doesn't go through so we don't want to build our hopes up whatever or build your hopes up so like, you might get disappointed so i think uh, over the period of time it came through and i was surprised also at some point because i didn't get distinction grades in the twelfth science but still i was okay they said like i was very good at in my interview so i had to clear three rounds of interviews and i was fine and i was like hey, wow that's good so i guess that happened and then moving to europe and getting introduced to in the european education system also and i was completely blown away I was like what have i been doing all my life you know but at some point there was an opportunity i was just going through a newspaper one of the days and it says study in denmark so denmark is a little country in scandinavia and i knew that i wanted to be in the netherlands netherlands is where long track ice skating is like what uh, cricket is to india so like i have to be here if i want to pursue this thing seriously and for a long term and so denmark i like okay, i opened the atlas i opened the map denmark and holland yeah, are close enough 1000 kilometers is not too much uh and yeah basically that was it and then i moved there but how did your journey with ice skating start in europe how was how was the first few years and days with ice skating how did that journey start in europe i think it was not just first years it was the first half of my life. i mean half of this 14 years was just about figuring out how to sustain yourself in the system because i saw like european athletes are among the best athletes in the world mm-hmm. so how do they cope with all these stress and pains how do they cope with the financial battles how do they cope with understanding uh, the sport itself so it was mainly just to optimize my way of living so for i landed in copenhagen i was aware of a couple of ice skating clubs locally scandinavia uh, i reached out to them like hey i'm from india i want to pursue ice skating uh, can you help me they like yeah sure why not ironically enough the ice skating club in copenhagen is run by a dutch guy so he kind of just literally like welcome me over give me the club keys of the club how like you see there are the skates go on and i like yeah but i don't know anything like oh, okay i teach you so he taught me how to sharpen the blades i had to go participate in i knew there was a scandinavian open cup happening in sweden which is just across the 
uh, border from Denmark. And I was like, all right, I have to go there. Uh, I need skate, a pair of skates. So my first race or first time on the ice was on a borrowed pair of skates from a club in Copenhagen. And yeah, I just, uh, it was a competition. I got disqualified in the first and the last competition ever. And yeah, that's it. So that's how I started. Is that how you found your coach as well? Subsequently, subsequently what happened was, uh, that was a disastrous weekend racing-wise. Because I didn't know anything. The three days coaches at the races, they kind of helped me sharpen my blades better. They made me understand a lot about the sport. And then I realized, oh, it's going to be a long journey. It's not just showing up somewhere, you know, picking up a pair of skates and showing up. It is, no, you need to give, your, give it 15 years, you know. The Dutch European skaters give it 20 years to just, you know, uh, because they've been pursuing it for a long period of time and they pick it up early in life. So it was realistic. Like that, they gave me a very, it was just real, you know. This was real very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was at the time doing like four jobs just to make ends meet. I was like, oh, wow. Oh God, this is gonna be crazy, you know. So it's just that that was one of those things, and then subsequently, a couple of months later, I was again at the same track, another race, and uh, I did a national record on the three kilometers because there was nobody who had done that before, obviously. So I did was the first one to explore the long distances on the long track, uh, and I was like, ooh. And then that is when the Dutch uh, journalists picked it up and then they wrote about it in the Dutch magazine and newspapers. And at the time, Yahoo Group was something which was still big. And somebody messaged me, emailed me about it, like, hey, isn't this you? And, like, oh, yeah, that's me. and then I reached out to that journalist. I told him, like, hey, I'm looking for a Dutch coach if you can help me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do something for you. And then he said, I'll make a story for you that you're looking for a coach uh, in Holland. And then we'll see what people, which coaches will work. And my coach, Wayne Newhouse, was one of the first, one of the three coaches who reported back. And uh, and history goes like he's one of the hardest coaches out here, and also the most educated enough. Like you know, level wise, he has one of the highest levels of education in the for for, for coaching for speed skating. And he's one of the hardest difficult coaches because his training program is very hard. And I like yeah, I like this. And for us growing up in India, gurus are very important. So for me, this guru finding a guru was very important. And I got introduced to him. And I call him and the first conversation we have basically was, uh, hey, Vin, this is Dish. I want to do long track speed skating with you. And his re- reaction was like, yeah, if you're crazy enough to come all the way from India to pursue my sport, I'm crazy enough to coach you. Let's start. And start we did. 250 races, 65 national records, couple of international podiums, or oh, Asian Winter Games also. Uh, and last year was our highlight where we won four medals at the Winter Games Masters, which was incredible. Uh, at a traditional out- outdoor track, racing in the snow and the rain and the cold. I fell ill afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, firstly, congratulations because those achievements are simply amazing. But, but, but like you said, for, for everyone in sports, a coach is like a guru. And being in winter sports, especially in India, there are not as many coaches as you would have for cricket, right? So how can how can one student find their coach? Well, it goes without saying they need to go out of their way and work even harder. But how yeah. does one find that coach in winter sports? I think for me, I, I did not also. I mean, I found a mentor. So mm-hmm. for me, Shiva Keshwan, he's like a six-time Olymp- winter Olympian for India. So I reached out to him directly, like, hey, I want to pursue winter sports. What do you think? Like, I want to. So I think it was also like every sport. Or every like winter sports will have uh, such mentors are out there, 
and obviously uh, they need to know your intent so he i kind of reached out to him after i did my first match like called okay finally i've done this what do you think and then kind of we developed a friendship and then over the years we just been in touch and uh now we are trying to do something together uh to advise on some pro- project in india for the sports development but i'm hopeful that even the administration and the government are asking some good questions now so in future i guess kids will not have that much of a problem to pursue into sports uh, but yeah i think as long as i think you have to look within for how badly do you want it and what are you able to sacrifice and what do you want are open to being sacrificed like i think that's where it starts from and then eventually you'll find your way Think, and you find a guided way also to a mentor in that sense, and then coach comes up frequently and so on. You know, I'm so happy you mentioned that you and your colleague are starting something that is going to help these athletes who are interested in winter sports. Because let's be honest, until until this December, I did not even know that ice skating or skiing or any such sports was so big in the north of India, because. I had never seen that. Right, I've visited the places itself, and I've still not seen it. We have to change that. I mean, for example, in Ladakh. Okay, Ladakh is pretty. Ladakh is, has been pretty isolated from the rest of the country for the longest time, but ice hockey is thriving there. You know, ice hockey, ice hockey over there is thriving. It is bigger than soccer and cricket together. So I guess, uh, but but again, they need more resources at some point of time. They cannot just live off or survive off NGO support from international foundation support from. different organizations and foundations mm-hmm. because that is that is social work that is not development of sport mm-hmm. so, so at some point it has a transition from that to development of the sport so we are hoping i'm hopeful that we are able to you know change that to that and talking about leyen ladakh and the medals that you won last year i also came across this article of yours which mentions that you set an unofficial record in lay in the state of jammu and kashmir uh, on one of the lakes uh and um, i think that's a super interesting story do you want to take us through how did you come across that and how was that entire journey so so initially 2018 winter olympics was the goal uh, but build up to that uh, it was a disaster i had a couple of crashes there was no financial support uh whoever the sponsors were in the end or the support which was there they all pulled out at the last moment mentally it was very nerve wracking and when that happens you try to put extra effort into performance and uh, preparation and you do a bit over, over you go overboard and you end up injuring yourself so i guess that year was not meant to be i could not walk for a month almost because of those injuries i had sustained on my body but then at at the time it was i was in a very dark place and uh, one of my friends who was a musician he told me like this you should go to the mountains of the himalayas to find yourself and i was like a month later i put a plan together Going and ice skating on some of the highest frozen lakes in the world, and where where else to start was from? But India, because then I knew about the ice skating uh, culture or ice skating sport, ice hockey as a sport in Ladakh. I'm like, hey, I'll reach out to these people and it'll be fine. I called a friend of mine from school. He was he he himself also was an athlete himself, Ravi Mistry, and uh, he runs like a successful photography, videography company now. wedding and like hey i want to do this would you like to come and capture it like, okay let's mm-hmm. do it next thing we know we have found one two sponsors for it and then we go and we do it and, and that's where i kind of honored this whole on thin ice uh, situation where we want to explore some of the highest frozen lakes of the world first it's been in india 
and subsequent year 2019 i actually put together a proper crew we went to a higher lake pangong so first and then now it was uh, somoridi and uh, we did an official 5 kilometers like 4500 wow. meters about that wow it was a dip- i mean obviously there's like that's a different podcast altogether mm-hmm. but uh, is, but then i was able to find a way where back to my sport back to wanting to pursue this whole green from the mountains of the himalayas to the other like i was on those frozen lakes i skated there the freedom of skating on the frozen lakes is incredible i like it i can do this let's make the most of it and let's keep going I want to change gears and ask you how can one promote winter sports in the country which will also help students pursue it more I think promote sports first we are not at the level of promoting winter sports or promote some some sports just i think we are as a country as a sporting nation we are still at a level where we need to just promote sports and play get kids out there just go running like pick up a ball and throw at each other or something like that you know like be in the nature a little bit more like our cities are growing and growing but then you know 83% of uh, indian olympians come from villages so i think uh, we need to just get kids into sports first and then at some point probably help them or direct them to like hey, what about this what about this that is that is where we are at realistically talking it takes us at least one or two generations before we are able to get a system in place or get people to pursue a system that is in place which takes us to the you know sporting top absolutely well i hope podcasts like these and conversations with people like you are a step in the right direction i think you need we need we need like 100 of these conversations with 100 different people and then maybe i know it sounds very dark but don't get me wrong but it's just uh, it is the dream reality of of uh, indian sport and uh, we are doing our best Uh, they are doing their best the sports ministries of the country are doing their utmost best but there are limitations so yeah. well let's hope for the best and i have one last question for you um, and that is what is one advice you wish you had received before starting your journey or what is one thing you wish you told your younger self mm, wow thing is i've enjoyed every bit and every minute of what i've been doing so far Mm-hmm. everything which could have gone wrong has gone wrong twice to be honest mm-hmm. not once but twice everything you can imagine you can twice and but and i've learned from all of that mistakes and all of those things and uh, it's only made me stronger mm-hmm. and i'm not the one who would look back in the past and have regret or remorse make the most of what you have right now with an eye uh, on the horizon and keep pushing believe in yourself uh, more than anyone else ever will i would and no one ever will also you need if you don't believe in yourself enough nobody else will they will be like hey why would anybody want to believe in this guy this guy doesn't believe in himself i think that is where it begins and ends for me i would okay maybe i would tell my younger self believe in yourself a bit harder than you do mm-hmm. you know it starts because the thing is life is we were born alone and we're going to die alone you know so so might as well just believe in yourself the most right exactly well. exactly and then you'll be able to pursue these things uh, hopes and dreams goals Well this has been a great podcast for Shivraj thank you so much for taking the time out best of luck for the winter olympics coming up in 2022 and wishing you the very best of luck for the same thank you so much for having me uh and uh, i look forward to being in touch i hope you enjoyed this week's career discussion let me know your thoughts in the comment section also don't forget to like share and subscribe 
your support means a lot.